Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 51, Go-To Games for Swim Lessons. Today we're going to take a look at the four games that we use in our swim program uh, as the staple games, those games that are essential and crucial to our swim program and they fit for all the different swim lessons. Yeah, the swim levels. So we're going to cover games like Buckethead, Big a Cake, Jumps, and Physical Challenges. Let's get an in-depth look at why these games are such a staple part of our program. Let's get started. That's right. Today we are going to look at the staple games for swimming lessons. The go-to games that I use when teaching most of the swim lessons. You. These are also those games that I like to teach all new and beginning swim instructors so they have a solid basis on which to form all of their games in the classes. So if you take a look at this podcast today and what you're going to get are the four games that we use in almost every lesson across our levels um, and, and they're the most effective ones that we've found that you can just insert in any situation. Uh, as you want to get more creative, uh, you can certainly use the game How to Create Fun and Effective Swim Games book. You can use any of the games found in there or the formula there to come up with your own games. And generally, you want to do that once you have a group of swimmers with you, so with that instructor, that understand your routines. They're regularly your students, and they're used to your system and how you do things. And so when you have that system in place and you're regularly doing things a certain way, you can easily introduce new and different activities with complex multi-step instructions because they already have this base of understanding of what you're going to do and how you run the program. So today we're going to look at the four games and activities that you can do in your swim lessons right now in your swim lesson on the fly. They require very little setup. They require very little bit of instruction and they're scalable so they can be more dynamic and involved as you want them to be. So as an instructor or as a manager, you can use these games, you can put them on paper and give them to your swim lesson instructors and they can start using them right away. Now, I know if you're listening to this as this episode comes out, we're right at the beginning of summer in the United States and this is a time when most of these swim, uh, swim programs are the busiest. So this might be a good opportunity to take a look at the swim lessons you have at your new staff and maybe suggest that they play these games during their lessons. Uh, if you have questions about that or if you are interested in, in how giving me feedback on if you've tried these lessons in your plans and in your lessons, uh, these games, if you've tried them, send me, let me know. Send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. Connect with me on Twitter at Swimming Ideas or connect with me on Facebook at Swimming Ideas as well. Let's get into it. So we're going to start with level one, and these are the best staple games for level one. The first one is Buckethead. That's right. We've done podcasts about Buckethead. We've done posts on the website on Buckethead. It is a primary staple skill game in level one. And Buckethead is my personal favorite game because I invented it. Now, I'm certain that I'm not the first person to come up with this game or even a variation of this game, uh, but it's near and dear to my heart because I feel like it's mine. Uh, however, there are many variations of it. There are many different 
uh, ways to do this game, and I'm sure that there are other people that have done it as well. Um, my personal reason why I like Buckethead is because it's simply taking a pail or a bucket, filling it with water, and pouring it on someone's head and shouting, Buckethead! And being excited and happy about it. Now, you can also modify this game for swimmers that don't go underwater by pouring it on their shoulders. And really what this game is all about is just having fun pouring water on each other's face and being loud and silly and screaming Buckethead and really making Buckethead as a fun experience to have. You know, getting water poured on your head, laughing and having a good time, giving high fives and celebrating the fact that you're getting wet uh, is what the game is all about. Now, this is an excellent game for energetic new swim instructors that are working with the beginning swimmers that don't go underwater yet, and you requires a lot of energy to be involved in this game. My favorite part about this game is that you can insert this as a reward. You can give bucket heads out as rewards. You can interrupt the, you know, you're working on front glides, you're working on back glides, you're doing putting your face in the water. And that can be kind of boring. You can mix that up and, you know, kind of inject some fun by playing Buckethead. So when you are doing your swim lesson in level one and you're doing supported front glides and you're going one at a time because they can't go on their own, or maybe you're in a zero depth pool and you're gliding back and forth, you know, it can get kind of boring. And if you want to liven up your game and really get things going and exciting move over to the toy table or the toy area, pull out some buckets and start playing Buckethead. And the more interested and involved you get into it uh, as the instructor, the more interested and involved the swimmers are going to get into it as well and be more receptive to getting water poured on their head. Now this may uh, require some uh, demonstration that it's not going to go in their face. So tell them to lift their head up and then pour it on the back of their head so it just goes on their hair, down the back of their neck. Uh, you know, so you may need to demonstrate that you're not going to be dousing them with water in a painful or difficult or uh, unsettling way, but you're going to be doing it in a fun, exciting, and happy way. And then let them do it to you with the one condition that they have to scream buckethead when they pour it on your head. And if they don't, it doesn't count. So this is going to require the swim instructor to get their hair wet. <laughs> and I know how uh, difficult that can be for new swim instructors to do. Uh, especially ones that are not vested in the actual program of teaching swim lessons and are just there because they have to. So Buckethead, the first game, and I think one of my favorite games because it can be so dynamic and interesting and fun uh, if you make it fun. Uh, so that's the first staple game, and it's a good one to interject in between and play multiple times in a lesson. The next game is the next staple game, the next game that is essential go-to for swim lessons. So we teach Buckethead. And the next one we teach is Bake a Cake. This is also one that we've done a podcast on. This is also one that we have a, a, pod, or a post article on the website about. Bake a Cake is an excellent, amazing, wonderful game. Now, again, this is not a game uh, that I invented on my own, but certainly one that I have adapted through my years of teaching beginning swimmers how to swim uh, and refining it over those 15, no, 16 years of swim instruction, 20 years, depending on uh, the time scale that I'm looking at. So um, bake a cake, uh, largely dynamic, highly involved game with multiple opportunities to go underwater in a varying number of ways. It also allows for 
the initiation of the game, so beginning the game, doing the steps, putting the ingredients in, mixing the cake, putting your face in the water, uh, tasting the cake to see if the ingredients are correct, then pushing the hula hoop down into the oven, putting the oven in or putting the cake in the oven, and then you do a different activity. So you leave and you do front glides or back glides, and then you come back to the game and you say, you know, is the cake ready? You know, can you go underwater and check and see if the cake is ready? Go underwater, open your eyes if you can, or put your chin in the water and see if you can tell me if the cake is ready. And then if the cake is ready, have the swimmers help you lift the hula hoop up underneath, eh, out of the oven, and then you blow on the cake, blowing bubbles uh, to cool it off, and then you eat the cake by splashing water on your face or pouring a bucket on your head or slamming your face in the water and eating the cake that way. So there are these multiple opportunities inside this game to go underwater, and it's one of the most fun, dynamic, interesting games that you can play that constantly attempts to get the swimmers underwater. It's about a five to six minute game. So it takes up a big chunk of uh, your swim lesson and 30 minute lesson in an effective, fun, engaging way. So you can spend six minutes, you know, go underwater, go underwater, go underwater, but that's not very effective. So instead we can play, um, bake a cake and our participants can be engaged and excited and have fun about going underwater and they can do something else while the cake bakes and then come back and finish the game. So it's this long reaching, imaginative, uh, dynamic experience uh, where we're giving opportunities to go underwater multiple times and it's a really, really fun, effective game for beginners and that's why it's one of our staple go-to games. So bucket head, going underwater, getting your head wet, fun, exciting, involved, Bake a cake, you know, a longer game, more dynamic, requiring multiple steps, uh, requiring multiple inter- interactions with the instructor and the participants, a creation of this imaginary world, and then uh, it takes up a, a decent amount of time, but it's an effective, fun way to start getting people to go underwater. And they don't even realize that they're going underwater when they're doing it. Uh, so Buckethead and Bake a Cake, the two of the most important staple games for our beginning swim lessons and you can use these uh, in level one level two i wouldn't go into level three with these because it gets kind of um, simple Uh, so they've already gone underwater they don't really need to be doing this the next game is a game that you can use in any level at any skill from level one to swim team this is an activity this is a game that you can play uh, that's always fun Uh, because it involves falling and this is jumps so jumping into the water and what's exciting about it is the sensation of falling uh, and then not having to worry about hurting yourself when you land so jumping in is really exciting you go underwater you come to the surface it's really exciting it's fun um for beginners you can do it assisted where the swimmers hold their your hand uh, and then you can control the depth that they fall in. So they hold on to your fingers. You stand with your uh, hands outstretched. You're not in a fist. You are not holding on to them. They are holding on to you. Um, so if you put your hand out, your fingers together, and kind of curve your fingers in just a little bit, and then hold your hands directly out in front of you with your fingers pointing horizontal towards each other, 
I should just take a picture and put this in the show notes. Uh, and then they hold on to your hands and then you support them as they fall in by lifting your hands above the water. And then they can help pull on your hands and you can help lift them up to keep them from going underwater. And uh, so it works with assisted jumps, unassisted jumps, where they jump in on their own, they go underwater. Uh, and we typically use jumps as a game for, and it's a staple game because we can do a lot of stuff with it. Um, and we do jumps during our lessons as kind of an interrupt or as a reset. So if you're familiar with Swimming Ideas podcast number 44, um, actually 43, this is Swimming Ideas podcast number 43, Interrupt Your Flow. Uh, this podcast 40, number 43 talks about you know, all the different ways that you can interrupt your flow and why that's important to do during swim lessons. So you don't overburden our participants with the same repetitive motion over and over again. Yes, that's our goal and our intent, but we got to do it in a way that engages the participant in a way that's useful and productive. So we interrupt. So maybe our progression for the day is front crawl and breathing to the side. We've done three streamlines. We've done three streamlines with three strokes and a flip. Now we're going to do jumps and then next after the jumps, when it requires a lot more mental strength and effort, we're going to do streamline five strokes, one breath, and then a flip. So that more complicated action requires a little reset, a little break. So a time in between the more boring streamlines, streamline with three strokes, we're going to do our jumps in between to kind of reset and re-energize. Uh, and jumps is a really good, quick way, effective for all ability levels, to get that reset, to have a little bit of fun, but still get some benefit out of it, right? So we don't want to just be jumping in without purpose. We want to, and that's what's so good about jumps, is that we can do it um, with a lot of you know, additional steps on there that make it more interesting. So uh, it's effective for getting used to going underwater. So it's good for beginners. They can get used to the feeling of falling in and getting their face wet uh, if you let them. Uh, it can be effective for learning how to recover after falling in. So when they jump in, it's an uh, opportunity to experience how to get back to the surface and then get back to the wall. So it can be a safety skill. Uh, it uh, lets, you know, you can control the depth when they fall in. So when you're giving assist, um, you can make additions to the jumps. So instead of using uh, just, okay, jump in three times, we're going to give specific number of opportunities to jump in, and we're going to be as clear as we can in our instructions. So as long as we're clear, concise, and deliberate, so we're going to jump in three times. The first two times, you can do any jump you want. The second time, it has to be in soldier, and then I want you to get back to the surface, get in on your back in soldier, and kick back to the wall. And then that's a very, and then you can demonstrate that, you know, jump in and soldier, get back to the surface, lay down on your back, get back and soldier horizontal and kick backstroke, kick back to the wall. So we're working on a multiple step, um, instruction for jump. So it makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, so these additions to just plain jumping in make this more of a game challenge, uh, for your participants. And it's fun because, you know, People like accomplishing things, and these small wins are important because then it shows the participants that they can do the things you're asking them to, and then they succeed at it, and then they, they're more willing to try the next more difficult thing as we move on. So uh, you can use jumps in a variety of ways, 
and you can be creative with your jumps. You know, sometimes I like to count in different languages for this participant. Say, all right, on the count of three, un, deux, trois. And they're like, what? I'm like, that's French. When I get to three, jump in, un, deux, trois. And then they jump in. Or you can do it in Italian or Spanish or any other language that you know. Um, I, I'm, I would like to learn Chinese. So sometimes I ask people that speak Chinese, okay, well, how do you say one, two, three? And it's, I think it's like, e, chi, and then, Something, I, I don't know, I can't remember. Um, I'm not really good at Chinese as I am with Spanish and French and Italian, at least counting. So, um, uno, due, tre, uno, dos, tres, you know, it's not very difficult. Um, they're all being related. But you can do this. You know, you can use your different uh, languages. You can speak in different, you know, give different commands, you know, jump in in a silly way, jump in in a serious way, and jump in in a... Uh, in a different way from someone else. You know, you can do different things uh, for jumping in. Uh, and like I said, you can do these additions. After you get in, get a ring, come back to the surface, kick on your back with the ring on your belly. You know, you can add these steps to each jump to make it more interesting and challenging. And that leads us to our final staple skill. So we've gone through three so far. And I'm sorry for that. Uh, but we've gone through three skills so far, and that is buckethead, bake a cake, jumps, and now finally, physical challenges. And physical challenges are more of a category type of game. Uh, but again, it spans all ability levels. And jumps and physical challenges are really um, more, they really flourish and shine in our higher levels and on our swim teams. So when in doubt, when you're unsure, jumps and physical challenges are the two best things that you can do across abilities and especially the higher ability levels. Now, I forgot to mention this on jumps, but for swim teams, do jumps off the starting blocks. You know, you can have your participants get the correct foot position for their starts but then just jump in feet first. And what we're doing when we do this repetitively, when we do it often, is that we're establishing a safe, exciting, fun experience of being on the block and jumping off the block. And then we're giving specific goals and tasks while they're in their air. So encouraging the jumping motion, using your legs to launch yourself forward. So when they do start diving it and when they do start diving in off the blocks, they have this established understanding of how to balance themselves on the blocks, how to, you know, what it's like to be at that height above the pool. So they're not afraid of the height aspect or the block aspect of diving in. And then it reduces the amount of hurdles that we have to take in teaching them how to dive off the blocks. So a lot of the time when you are working with beginning swimmers, they're afraid of diving off the blocks for two reasons. The first reason, they don't like being upside down going underwater. I mean, who does? The second one is being on a height that's sometimes slippery, wobbly, or higher than they're used to being, and that is a scary experience. So if we can take away that second fear of being on a on a block, on being on this higher area, then it makes getting over being upside down and diving in much easier because we don't have to contend with two different fears that are now comp compounding and more difficult to overcome. And I forgot to mention that. So physical challenges. Physical challenges are one of my favorite and creative games to play. And it, it manifests 
the game in many different ways and you can play it in a variety of different formats. And it's, like I said, it's more of a category here and it's available for all skill levels. So you can do physical challenges with your level one kids. Uh, you can have them stand on the bench and you can do a silly pose and they have to mirror your pose. Now, ideally, you want your silly pose to have some relation to swimming. So put your hand, one of your arms in position 11 and maybe something else with your, you know, do something silly with your other hand. But you want to have this basis in a swimming skill at all times. So that's a physical challenge. You know, mirror my pose. Pretend like you're looking at me and we're in a mirror. And then let them get a chance to be the person to like the statue master is what I called it last night. So we play this game in our swim team. One person goes underwater. They freeze in a statue position. They're the statue master. The other person goes underwater, looks at the statue master, and has to mirror that pose within three seconds. And if they don't, then the statue master gets a point. And if they do, they get a point. So, I mean, it's a very silly, simple game with not a lot of controls, but they loved it. They, they loved it. And this was, you know, our beginning swim and swim team. And this is something we don't, we haven't done this a lot ever before. I just came up with this on the fly, but it was an awesome game and it falls under physical challenge. Uh, so you can do that with your beginning swimmers. You can do it with your more advanced swimmers. Um, other examples of physical challenges, uh, doing five flips in 10 seconds and you need to take a breath in between each flip. Uh, holding position 11 for 30 seconds without bending your elbows or tucking your chin physical challenge, you know, requiring a certain fit swimming pose for a certain amount of time. Um, do three streamlines to the flags without getting your head, lifting your head up. Uh, swim freestyle, breathing every three. And if you don't breathe every three, you get disqualified or you lose a point. You know, you can do any type, really anything can be a physical challenge. The goal is it has to be relatively easily achievable and there have to be clear examples of failure. So there has to be a way to not accomplish and an opportunity to not accomplish the physical challenge. And that's important because failure at this, not being able to complete the physical challenge, should be an integrated, an integral part of this game. And it's a staple, this category is a staple because it's so easily done and it's so dynamic. And it's something that is difficult to teach someone to come up with on the fly. But if you've established with your staff this training, like if you give them the swim instructor training workbook and they use it and they go through it and they know all the different skills, the 15 essential swim skills, then they have this knowledge bank that they can pull on. So they understand, okay, here's the, here's the direction in which we're going. How do I get to that direction? Okay. I'm going to play a game that challenges them to do this skill in an, in a weird way or a fun way. And if they can't do it, they don't succeed and that's okay. It's important that they that you allow this opportunity for failure. Now, yes, you want to make it an attainable physical challenge, but not so attainable that it's easy and pointless. You know, you have to have some sort of challenge in it. It has to be require concentration. It has to require a little bit of diligence or mental strength. You know, holding your breath for ten seconds instead of five. You know, there's this uh, need for some sort of uh, challenge in that game. So. Like I said, it's one of my favorites. 
Uh, if there are any examples of physical challenge games that you want to share with us, I would love to hear what games you've played as a physical challenge. Now, for example, um, actually, no, send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. Connect with me on Twitter at swimmingideas or on Facebook at swimmingideas. To recap here, we've gone over the four staple games that we play in swim lessons. These are the games that we use, that I use in my swim lessons on a regular basis and when I'm coaching on a swim team every day. That's Buckethead, Bake a Cake, Jumps, and Physical Challenges. I want to know if you've played these games, if you've used them in your program, or what physical challenge games that you've come up with. Send me an email, uh, call it SIP number 51, uh, and let me know if you've played these games uh, or what your thoughts are on this. That's Jeff at SwimmingIdeas.com, at twi- uh, Twitter at SwimmingIdeas, or on Facebook, Swimming Ideas. Thank you for spending your time with me today on this podcast, and I hope that you uh, have an excellent summer and an excellent swimming lesson and good swim programs uh, moving forward throughout the year. Uh, so tomorrow, we can teach better lessons together. Take care. Thank you.